it hurts me so much when people bring me down and it's like it hurts me for other people because I'm strong enough to hear the doubts and forge ahead. And most people in the world are not. They hear the doubts and then they let those seeds of doubt plant in their brain. And then they water those doubtful thoughts with their own crazy thoughts in their head. And then they have weeds. They have these negative, doubtful weeds living in their brain that you they don't even see any opportunity. And that's what kills me, like wasted potential. And that's why my tagline for Jump Twist is attack your potential. Like don't strive for it. Don't think about it. Just go for it. Like let's go. Hey, this is Heath Paget. Welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, episode 158. The RV Entrepreneur is a weekly podcast for nomadic entrepreneurs, and today's episode is 100% random. I've had some very random guests on my podcast, like people who have all kinds of crazy different businesses on the road, everything from uh, knife makers to professional disc golfers. But today's guest is pretty unique. Her name is Christina Gambino, and she's been living on the road now for almost two years in her Winnebago RV. She's the founder of a company called Jump Twist, which provides music and choreography to gymnasts, dancers, and kids all over the world. But in addition to founding Jump Twist, Christina is getting ready and currently training for her third season on American Ninja Warrior. Told you, pretty random. In today's episode, we talk about the journey for Christina to make it on American Ninja Warrior and all the mental and physical barriers she had to go through to get to that point. We also talk about how she's balanced jump twist while traveling across the country in her RV and continuing to train. When I got off the interview with Christina, I felt pumped. And what I love about her story is that she's just somebody who you can tell that if you said no to her, she's going to go out and do something just despite that. And I love surrounding myself with people who come up with these big, crazy ideas. And regardless of what the people around them say, they decide to go after them anyway. In a lot of ways, that was kind of how it was when we bought our first RV and started traveling in 2014. A lot of our friends thought we were crazy, including my mother-in-law, and that we'd run out of money or we'd break down somewhere in a million other drastic scenarios that didn't actually happen. And I think anytime we point towards a big, scary horizon, there are going to be people in your life and maybe even like your friends or your family or whatever who are going to think that you're making a massive mistake and maybe even insult you and call you crazy and not support you. Uh, and if that's ever been you, I think you'll enjoy today's episode with Christina because it's all about how to ignore all of those haters, uh, for lack of better words, and, you know, push forward and attack your potential and just go after what you want. And before we jump into today's episode with Christina, I just want to take a minute and thank today's sponsor who makes this podcast happen, the Stories from the Road podcast. One of my favorite parts of RVing is sitting down with other people and sharing stories, the good, the bad, and the hilarious. The Stories from the Road podcast talks to RVers from all walks of life about what led them to the RV lifestyle, the things they like, the things they don't like, and where they see themselves going in the future. The conversations are heartfelt and funny, and if you're any kind of RVer yourself, and you probably are since you listen to this podcast, you'll identify with a lot of what you hear. That's Stories from the Road podcast, and it's available in iTunes, Spotify, and the Google Play Store, and everywhere else that you listen to podcasts. All right, let's get into today's episode with Christina Gambino. Christina, thanks for being on the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. I don't even know where to start this episode, to be completely honest, just because there are so many things like going around in my head about what you do. I had all of these like preconceived notions, like you're on Ultimate Ninja Warrior, you have these real estate things going on, you're a black belt. And, and then we jump on a call and you're like, yeah, I decided to spontaneously jump on a flight because I'm starting my own gym and I need to go to this conference. I guess to start here, like when you meet somebody right now, like you've been on the road for a couple of years, you've trained, um, you have jump twist, uh, which choreography to gymnasts and dancers and cheerleaders and kids all over the world. And you just do all these things. So when you meet somebody new, how do you introduce yourself? Honestly, I'm still working <laughs> on that. <laughs> Because like, I, I think I need like 10 business cards at this point. Um, that's why I kind of built my website, ChristinaCambino.com, because people can kind of just like go and look for themselves. But I mean, I'm starting to adapt to a title of being a serial and a social entrepreneur, meaning that I'm, I'm opening more than one business. And the social entrepreneur aspect is 
really trying to have businesses that, that give back to the community and help people. And that's really the, the best way to sum it up at this point. Yeah. So I guess let's, I guess kind of, can we start maybe like five years ago? I, I did go back and I made it to the bottom of your bio. So I feel like that makes me qualify to, you know, to do this interview. But yeah, let's start, I guess, take me back five years ago. Like, what were you working on? What were you doing? And how did that lead into traveling around in an RV and competing on Ultimate Ninja Warrior? Well, you also dabble in all these other businesses. So five years ago, I mean, we should really go back like eight, <laughs> eight and a half years ago, because that's when my, um, well, nine years ago is when my entrepreneurial journey began. I was in college at Baruch College in Manhattan, and I wanted to make some money without working for anyone. And so I was, I had just retired from college gymnastics at Rutgers University. I transferred because I got injured and the doctors weren't clearing me. And it was like the only thing I could think of was to, to do fitness and to help people lose weight and be healthy because that's what I was so passionate about. And, and at the end of the day, I really, really just love to help people and bring the best out of people. So I started a, a personal training business called CNG Fitness and I got my personal training certification and I had all these clients at Brew College and I trained them out of the gym. I had no overhead expenses. I literally I printed out the flyers with the little cutoffs in the library and I hung them all over the school and I got all these clients and I would just, you know, I helped this one woman lose 75 pounds in like a year and a half. And she like, I changed her life and that meant so much to me. And that's when I knew I need to dedicate my life to helping people. And so that was like my first thing. And then I, got certified to be a gymnastics judge, which means I had to take these tests and uh, get these CPEs, continuing professional educations. And so I started judging gymnastics competitions on like the weekends and stuff that's seasonal. And then I was so feeling like empty, not having gymnastics in my life that I started jump twist music because everyone was asking me to cut their music and make their routines because that's what I've been doing my entire life. Since I'm literally a kid, I used to put a cassette in my stereo and dance for <laughs> hours and make up routines. And then I actually would make floor music by, you know, you could record on a cassette tape, like you could record the radio. Exactly. I remember doing that with my CD. It was like a CD player yeah, slash cassette player. Um, wow. I, I'm starting to feel old right now, but yeah, go ahead. I know some, maybe some people listening don't know what a cassette <laughs> is. And if you don't just Google it, but it was actually cool because I would think about how I wanted the routine to go in my head and I would record the parts of the music and then I'd stop. And then when the next part came, I would record. And so it was actually really crafty and it wasn't, it wasn't normal for a child to do that. And then I'd make routines to it and I would label the cassettes like ballet routine. And so then going into high school, I used to cut the music for my dance team and my cheerleading team and choreograph the routines. And then I would make my own music and my own routines for college gymnastics. So then when I was retired and my old teammates were like calling me, like, come, please help do these routines and the music. I said, all right, I have to do this and this is going to be a good business. So I saw a sign in Baruch that said free lawyer consultations and I just <laughs> showed up. I said, let's do this. Let's get some free, like, you know, guidance. And I said, how do I make this legal? And the guy was like, oh, you need an entertainment attorney for this, but I can refer you to my buddy. Uh, he's not going to give it to you for free, but he'll, he will give you a good student rate. So I'm like 20, 21 years old, and I'm in Manhattan. And I will never forget, I'm on 27th Street walking up to this big building with just an idea in my head, going to see a lawyer. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm doing this. And he told me everything I needed to do to make this company legal, like the licenses I need. He gave me contracts. He charged me like $500. And I, that was my first expense for my company before I was even incorporated. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this sounds like I can make this happen. And so I put an ad on Craigslist looking for some producers to make some music. And I 
had a friend who built websites at the time. And I literally just from October to May, I started this company. I incorporated it. And in May, I went to a national gymnastics championship with a carry-on bag with 500 CDs in it, demo CDs, that I went and I tried to sell them, which was hilarious. (laughs) No one wanted to buy my demos. Now is a a very big lesson learned, but like, I just went for it, you know, no business plan. I just was like, I'm doing this. And almost 10 years later, I'm still in business. I've changed and adapted to all the different technologies that's happened since my CDs and the downloads and different companies that I was, you know, platforms selling my music on and USBs and it's, it's wild, but I'm still here. I'm still standing and I'm, I'm expanding and growing. And I just love when I hear people, when I go to events, like I go to expos all the time, gymnastics, trade shows, you know, my first expo, people would walk by me and, you know, I'd be like, want a free demo CD? And they'd give me like dirty looks. Like, no. (laughs) And now they'll like run across the room and be like, oh my God, it's jump twist. And like, (laughs) Last year, uh, I had a coach literally run up to me and like was starstruck. And I like almost started crying because she's like, I don't think you understand. Me and my kids watch your all your videos on YouTube. You do that thing where you jump and you do a roll and you slide through. <laughs> and I tell my kids, don't try that. But oh my God, can I take a picture with you? Can I shake your hand? Like, wait till I tell them who I met. And I literally was just like standing there, like taking it all in. Like time like froze. I couldn't believe how excited this woman was to meet me. And I'm like, me? You got to be kidding me. And like, and now that I'm a competitor on American Ninja Warrior and if like getting people excited to, to meet me and take pictures with me and it's all so surreal because I have the most humble beginnings and I'm just very grateful for all of it. So that's, that's kind of the, uh, the intro to my entrepreneurial journey. Yeah, I love the the story of you going to pass out CDs uh, and nobody wanting them because it kind of reminds me of a story I've never talked about on the podcast before. But in college, I started a clo- like an apparel line and I realized that South by Southwest was happening, which is like obviously this huge conference that everybody in the world knows about except for me in college, I guess. And uh-huh. so me and my friends printed out these like 50% off coupons with a South by Southwest code on them with our shirts. And like, I threw some shirts in a bag and like, we went downtown. I was like, Oh, we're going to sell so many and we're yep. going to pass out all these coupons. <laughs> it was like, we went around passing them out. Maybe like five people took one. And, um, and we had like hundred, we passed out more than that. But then I remember at one point by, by the night, cause we had like retraced some of our steps. I like saw a couple of them on the ground. So I like knew people wouldn't, you know, like weren't actually yeah. taking them. And then we went back home. We're like refreshing the website. It's like, we didn't sell a single one. (laughs) And it's like, but those are the stories that give you perspective to like as an entrepreneur. And I think they kind of test, you know, who are you going to be? Are you going to try something and say like, well, I tried one time and it didn't work. So I gave up. And then, you know, it's like, how bad do you want it? Oh my gosh. You're like taking the words out of my brain. So thank you for that. (laughs) Yeah. So, so with jump twist, I imagine like, I guess on a logistical side of things like gymnastics, a lot of times routines are built off of really popular music. So how did you navigate that? Like you, you sell choreography of like really, you know, like piano guys. Uh, I saw it was on your website. So I listened to those guys. So how, how does that work? Like, how are you able to sell somebody else's music? If that makes sense? Well, without giving my trade secrets away, (laughs) I can tell you that there's a license that you can get basically to make cover songs and there, it's a pretty, uh, it's a standard rate. It's not super expensive, but at the end of the day, I own all the master files and I ha- own the rights for the masters of it. So the songs are made famous by the piano guys as they're the composers and the publishers, but the actual artist is Jump Twist and our, you know, our musicians, our producers, they're all our recordings. So where it gets really tricky is when you try to sell someone's actual file. So the recording label owns the master use license. So Jump Twist is the recording label and we own all the master use and we pay to get the licensing to make the covers of their music. So it's that's basically it. So 
Does that answer the question? Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, I listen to uh, like Boyce Avenue quite a, quite a bit uh, in their cover band, and uh, and so that kind of makes sense because they have to have some rights to their to their own music. So no, that that totally makes sense. So you started Jump Twist, and you were kind of graduating from college. So did you graduate from school and kind of balance uh, doing Jump Twist and also training on the side? Like, what were you doing after school? So I graduated from Baruch. In about 2011, I was on year two of Jump Twist, and I moved to Florida, and I was living with my mom, and I had a little desk next to my bed, and that was Jump Twist's office, and I hired my first intern, who was like my friend at the time, and we would laugh, because we would make jokes, like, because we'd be on the floor in my room, like, just doing shenanigans, and she'd be like, this wasn't in the job description, you know? (laughs) We were just like being silly and having fun. And my mom was so like, when are you going to get a job? She just was, wanted me to get a job so bad. And I was like, I'm running a business. You know, <laughs> like it's, it's really, I can laugh looking back, but I didn't know after year two, if I was going to continue it because I wasn't making enough money to make more music. And I had a decision to make, and this is where I think every entrepreneur will face this, this decision. Do I continue or do I give up? And that's kind of with life. But especially when I was having so much pressure from my mom to get a real job and when are you going to make some money and what, what are you doing? You know, like I didn't have money to reinvest at that point, or I did, and I didn't feel comfortable spending it because it was like my cushion. So I remember I, I took out a notebook and I made a list of all the things I could sell in my room, like earrings and like clothes. And I was like, okay, if I get $200 for this and $300 for that, I think I could make up enough money to produce another album this year. And, and I'll never forget. I was at my friend's house and I was sitting on her balcony just looking out into like the sky, like asking God, like, I don't know what, what to do. Do I go for demo three? Do I, do I stop here? Like I really wasn't making like really any money. And I was, but I was kind of getting like people on board. And so I just, I went for it. I sold what I could and I made just enough money to produce another album and I continue to go to these national trade shows and really I would have to have a gallon of water every time because I didn't sit down or stop talking from like the 7 a.m to 7 p.m I made sure and I would not let one person walk by me without a cd in their hand like and I would get like mad if someone walked by and I missed them I'll be like I was just so aggressive. Like I decided like I'm not giving up and I will do whatever it takes if I, and I got a coaching job as well. So I started coaching gymnastics to make some more money to fund the business, which actually wound up being a really great thing because I got so many contacts. I had to do all the choreography for my whole team. So I had like 12 clients right there. So sometimes God does that. He'll put you in these situations that you think are bad, but he's really setting the stage for something great that's about to happen. And from that one coaching job, whatever gymnasts I had, I didn't coach there long, not even like a year. Because after a year, I honestly wasn't happy and not with the girls or coaching, but kind of the gym I was working at. But out of that, all those gymnasts, people who came in and out of the gym, who saw me at competitions, things like that, I just kind of like put my mark. And then people would be like, oh, you used to coach my daughter and now we go to a different gym and we really need choreography. And then I would go into that new gym and then I'd have 10 more girls and then two of those girls would quit and go to another gym. And then 10 girls from that gym would be like, yeah, we used to go to this gym and, and we saw you doing choreography. And I'm talking like six years later. I literally got a phone call from this woman and goes, Christina Gambino, I have been waiting to make this phone call for four years since my daughter first saw you choreographing for a girl in her gym. And so with that bad financial situation turned into like a really big networking and growth opportunity. I love that. So at what point were you able to, I guess, go back into 
jump twist full time and, and kind of get it to the point where it could sustain you? Or was it all, was, was it kind of a balance for a while between coaching and then also building up jump twist? Um, well, in 2013, I, <laughs> I'm really something else. Let me tell you, I, I, <laughs> I love my mom so much and I, I feel, I feel bad for her because of some of the things that I put her through, but this is, it's a, it's a sad story because my father passed away when I was 12 years old and he was a serial entrepreneur and he had a ton of investments and he actually owned buildings in Manhattan. And when my mom sold the buildings, you know, money went to an estate and they, she made these guidelines that my sister, I have two sisters and a brother that we would not, you know, get access to any money until we're 35. I'm 30 years old right now. But because I had all these great ideas, but I needed money to fund them, I decided to get involved and see what the real situation is with when I can get access to the funds. And I like kind of went behind her back and called her financial advisor and was like, what's my mom's role on these accounts? Like, and so she was really upset with me and she just, I think she didn't want to bother with it. And she was like, you know what? It was a rule that she made up. It wasn't like a rule that was like in a contract. It was her personal rule, but the money was in my name and I knew I had a bank account with money in it, but I didn't know for sure what was the deal with it. So she's like, well, she was so upset with me. She's like, you know what? My role in your account is nothing. Do what you want with it. And like, she like gave me a checkbook one day and I was like, what? So I bought three properties within six months because I saw a need in South Florida surrounding the Florida Atlantic University was having a crisis and they're still having a crisis. So if anyone's listening and has money to invest, Boca Raton, Florida Atlantic University, buy up the property surrounding that university. They're, they're growing so fast and there's no room to house any of the students. So I saw that in 2013 and I bought my first property, uh, um, like a month later, I bought my second property. And then like four months later, I was so scared. I was like, who do I think I am buying all these properties? I called my sister. I was like, I need you to buy this property. And she was like, no, you do it first. And I was like, fine, I'm going to buy it. So within six months, I literally bought three condos. I was like 24 years old. And that's just where I put the money in. And so instead of it sitting in a bank account doing nothing for me, it was sitting in apartments where I was now collecting rent. So that was a big game changer for me. That's when I started actually making enough money to support myself without working anywhere else and really being able to dedicate my time and to reinvest into Jump Twist. So as much as, you know, she wasn't happy about it, I'm glad that she made that decision because I wouldn't be where I am right now. And to fund the gym that I'm about to, to open, I'm selling one of my properties at double the price that I bought it for. That's so awesome. it's kind of amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, I take it after that, uh, kind of spout with your mom, I guess, I guess you guys kind of made up and she was cool with it because I mean, you were responsible with that, with that money and all of that. I'll give you her phone number. You can have a <laughs> with her. <laughs> No, that, that makes sense. So when did, when did the RV come to the equation? So you, you started jump twist, um, did some apartment investing, um, and, and you started doing that. So like, at what point did you decide, like, I'm going to buy an RV and start traveling the country, by the way, you also seem like somebody who, once you have an idea, it's like, there's, there's little hesitation between like, I have this idea. Okay. What needs to happen? So I think that's another really cool thing that I'm noticing as a trend in what you do. But like, when did the RV enter the equation? Okay, so I was living in one of the apartments that I owned. And every day that went by, I felt like deep mm -hmm. in my soul, the opportunity cost of me living there. Because it was a two bedroom, two bathroom that I could have been making so much money on if I rented it. And I was living in it. And I was like, I was feeling really like stagnant with my life. I was like, 
you know, my business is doing well. I had an office. I had employees. I was growing exponentially. But I felt like I had to go to my office every day and work nine to five because everyone that I knew was doing it. And I almost felt like insecure about being able to wake up whenever I want and do whatever I want. And especially at the time I was dating someone who was in a very corporate job. And I don't know, I felt like I had to go to my office every day because he was going to his office every day. And then when we broke up and I was just like, you know, I just, I can't stand this life. I started a business so I didn't have to have this life. I don't want to live here. I want to rent this out and make money. And I don't want to go into my office every day. This is stupid. I don't need to be there. So my brother owns a farm in Miami. It's called Three Sisters Farm. It's certified organic. It's like one of my favorite places on this earth. He is a revolutionary man. He's a chef and a farmer. He grows his own food. If anyone is into that, you have to check it out. He is not your classic businessman. He's not, I'm not saying this, you can go there. He'll probably turn you away. (laughs) He will turn you away. He's like, he's just on another level in so many ways. But the flavors and the food that comes out of that ground and out of his kitchen is like nothing I've ever tasted. And I wanted to move to his farm. And I kept saying to him, please, like, I need to live there. Like, I need to figure out a way I could live on your farm because he didn't have a building or anything I could live in. And he one day he sent me a link to a used uh, trailer on Craigslist. And he said, buy this trailer and just park it on the farm and you can live there. And I said, oh, I am not living in a trailer. (laughs) What are you, crazy? And then like four months went by and I had this magnet on my refrigerator that said, a year from now, what would you wish you had done today? And I always said, get out of here, get out of here, get out of here. I want to move. I want to move. I want to move. And then when a year went by and I still was looking at this and I'm still living here and I still haven't made a move, that's when I like jolted myself and was like, I'm getting out of here right now. I don't care what I have to do. And so I started shopping um, trailers and RVs and I was like, I'm just going to buy one and move to the farm and rent this apartment out, live in paradise, make some more money and not have to deal with office life. And that's it. So I was shopping RVs for a little bit, mostly like C classes. And I had a very small budget. And then for (laughs) around that same time, I started training for American Ninja Warrior and I really started getting into it. This is like 2016 and I applied to be on the show and I got the call that I was invited to compete in like, um, like only a few months before I only got the call like four weeks before I actually competed. So I trained for a whole year before I knew for sure I was actually going to be on it. And Just a quick side note, if anyone out there wants to do something with their lives more than anyone they know, don't be afraid to go after it because American Ninja Warrior was such a long shot for me. I had no experience in it. I had no friends that ever did it. I'd never done an obstacle course in my life. It's like 70,000 applicants and like 600 people get accepted, right? Exactly. So the chances were like less than 1% that I actually got it. But if you look at my Instagram, I was acting like I was already in. And I was telling everyone, (laughs) I'm competing on American Ninja Warrior. I'm competing on American Ninja Warrior. I'm a Ninja Warrior. And like some of the closest people to me would doubt me and say things to me like, maybe you shouldn't tell people that just in case you don't get picked so you're not embarrassed. And like, I'll never forget, I like was in a, a public bathroom stall crying because someone that I love very much said that to me and it's just very hurtful to be doubted constantly and it hurts me so much when people bring me down and it's like it hurts me for other people because I'm strong enough to hear the doubts and forge ahead and most people in the world are not they hear the doubts and then they let those seeds of doubt plant in their brain and then they water those doubtful thoughts with their own crazy thoughts in their head and then they have weeds. They have these negative, doubtful weeds living in their brain that you they don't even see any opportunity. And that's what kills me, like wasted potential. And that's why my tagline for Jump Twist is attack your potential. Like, don't strive for it. Don't think about it. Just go for it. Like, let's go. So that's my side note to my journey of beginning Ninja Warrior. I decided, and it's a decision that anyone can make right now for anything you want to do in your life. Decide right now you're doing it. 
And I decided I was going to compete on American Ninja Warrior, knowing my chances were very slim. Trained for it as if I was preparing for that day. And like three weeks before I actually competed is when I, I laid eyes on my RV. <laughs> and in my soul, I just, my stomach dropped when I saw it because it's, it's a class A and it's like triple my budget. And I just looked at it and went, oh, that's it. <laughs> and I, I bought it and I financed it and I have a guy, personalized experts in Boca Raton. He's amazing with like any sort of like custom wraps or promotional items. I mean, he can make anything, t-shirts, you know, he could laser on a wine bottle. I mean, anything. And I, I told him, can you wrap my RV? I need some jump twist logos because I'm about to roll up to American Ninja Warrior and I want to roll up in style. And he said, park it in the parking lot. I'll do it in the morning. He started printing all the stuff. I told him which, which RV I had. So he had the dimensions and he, he printed all his stuff. And I just straight from the dealership, I drove it to his parking lot. And I was so afraid to drive this RV. You have no idea. I was, how am I going to drive this? How am I going to drive this? Like I told the sales guy, I was like, you think I could drive that? And he goes, you, I think you could drive anything. (laughs) (laughs) So the next morning I went to personalized experts to pick up my RV and I just showed up and I was blown away. And it's, it's so amazing. It's all wrapped, jump twist, attack your potential, my twister logo. It's all everywhere. I showed up to American Ninja Warrior and they did a whole like crib style, like, you know, going in the RV to see where I live and stuff. Meanwhile, I was still living in my apartment. I hadn't like rented that out yet. And, but that was my first taste of the RV life. And so that's kind of how that all happened. And then I moved to the farm in May. So I bought it in like March, the first week of April. And then in, in one month I rented my apartment and I moved out full-time RV. Literally the tenants helped me like carry my last few boxes to my car because they were like, that's how great the market is over by FAU. Just to reiterate to anyone who wants to invest, they literally, <laughs> my tenants moved, like moved me out. So I drive down to the farm and I'm all set up and I'm like starting my farm life. And then like within a month, because my first experience on Ninja Warrior didn't go as I would have loved it to go, I fell on the first obstacle. I mean, I wasn't really prepared. I was like working out. Like I may have trained for a year, but I wasn't doing obstacles. I was just trying to get strong and fit. So one of my friends in the community said, listen, if you're serious about Ninja Warrior, you have to come to this event. It's in North Carolina. It's called Mike Cook's Ultimate Backyard Warrior. And I said, all right, that'll be cool. I got an RV. I guess I could just drive there. And it was that one drive is all it took from the farm from Miami to North Carolina. And I competed in this competition. That's when I realized, oh, my gosh, I could live anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) And from there, I didn't go back to the farm. (laughs) And how long ago was that? That was last June. Um, Yeah, not this past June. So it was like almost you know like a year and a half ago I've been living on the road and I did go back to the farm for two and a half months last um winter which was nice to settle down for a few months and my my brother had a child and I got to spend some time with my nephew and you know get to live off the land for the winter because that's when all the vegetables are in season and I actually had a little incident where my arm was paralyzed for two months and it was good to just be on a farm during that not worrying about training and keeping my mental state really strong and that's I got really really close to God during that time because I was like freaking out like I couldn't move my hand or my fingers and my my next shot at American Ninja Warrior was around the corner and I couldn't train and so I lived on the farm. Then I went back out traveling. I've been staying in Atlanta to train at Ninja Quest Fitness. They're one of the best Ninja Warrior training gyms in the country. And the owners, Glenn and Christine, are like the nicest people in the world. They've been letting me live in their parking lot. And it's like I've just had so many opportunities with the RV that I would never have before. I drove to California and back twice in the last year in like a big circle around the United States. So it's been 
it's been so much fun and it has been a little bit like lonely sometimes but I have enough like family and friends all over the country that even if I'm just passing through a state like I'll go to my friend's house for dinner in Virginia like she'll make she'll be like all right I'm gonna make you some eggplant rollatini like two times I rolled through Virginia and went to her house for dinner and I have a friend in New Orleans and I just quickly like get dinner with him and like it's it is lonely, but it's, I have friends everywhere and family everywhere that it's so cool to like remain close with people and wherever I go. Yeah. So, I mean, like a, a, it sounds like a big goal for you right now is you've been on ultimate Ninja warrior twice. American Ninja warrior. Um, what did I say? I'm sorry. sorry. American Ninja warrior. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm sorry. My bad. Yeah. Uh, so you've been on there twice. So you're training for a third time, right? Yes. Yes, I'm very excited for my third shot because my second time I did way better than my first. I did not fall in the first obstacle, so I had that redemption. Not only did I come back from the worst fall you could have falling in the first obstacle, but I came back from paralysis. And not just that, I was suffering with so many other injuries leading up to my competition, and I just pushed through every single one of them. And only two women made it further than me in the Minnesota city qualifiers. And my body was functioning at 30%. So I have such confidence going into my third season. Like I know I'm going to do well because my, I'm going to be strong. I'm mentally prepared. I'm physically prepared. I've been training for almost three years now. So I, I'm just ready to set the record and be the shortest ninja warrior up that wall. Because <laughs> I'm only four feet 11. I love it. So, I mean, you've, you've got jump twist, uh, you go around and you do trainings, uh, in gyms. So you're making music, doing choreography, you have your real estate. So I guess like why, why compete on the show? Like why not just continue doing your business? Like, I guess what was the spurring to get you on to, to go do the show anyway? Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, the first time my friend, she's like the biggest fan and she, She's been begging me for years to do it. And I always was like, no, 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 no. But I was at that time where I was feeling really stagnant before I got the RV and I really wanted to make a change in my life. And she texted me and was like, Christina, I need you. Like, please do American Ninja Warrior. And I just was like, all right, why not? I'll do it. And so that was the why I did it. I was like, she told me, she's been begging me to do it. She really believes I'd be good at it. I'll do it. First year, I fail. Second year, I'm like, as soon as I started getting involved with the community and meeting all the people and training and seeing like, wow, I actually am good at this. Like I have some natural abilities that you can't just teach people like from 20 years of gymnastics. I just have such great body awareness, core strength. You know, I could run, I could jump. I have good balance. I may be little, but I know how to use my body and I'm explosive when I need to be. So it was good outlet for me athletically being a competitor my entire life. So my second year, I just was motivated to, to prove to myself that I could do it. And then I formed such a love for it after I competed in Minnesota. I never, ever, ever thought anything would replace my love and my passion for gymnastics. Like I could never believe it. And when I finished competing in Minnesota, the feeling I had when I got out of the water. <laughs> <laughs> I felt so much love for the sport that I decided like, I'm a full blooded ninja warrior. I'm not a gymnast anymore. I, I was dreaming of gymnastics comebacks since I retired. And I finally don't want to do a comeback in gymnastics. I just want to continue. I'm already at the elite level for Ninja Warrior. Why would I want to start over, try to compete against Simone Biles? Who wants to compete against her? <laughs> she no one could beat her why would I even try and like I'm already at the top in Ninja Warrior like being invited repeatedly to compete on the show with the best my first year I, I was um doing interviews and I saw Jesse Graff from across and I said what's she doing here I didn't know I was competing with her that's like literally my very first competition I was competing with like the best female Ninja Warrior and so I started at the top I got humbled real quick, and then I've been training my butt off to to prove to myself and to everyone else that I do belong here, and I love it here, and now I'm at the point where being on TV and getting the publicity and the press, it has opened up a window for me 
to help people. And because when I was on the news in Florida, they were pumping me in Palm Beach, which is another reason why my gym will be opened in Palm Beach. They call me the hometown hero over there. Meanwhile, I completed two obstacles in two years. So, but you know, I'm the only one in Palm Beach <laughs> to even try or get picked or whatever it is. So I had people contacting me through my website, through Instagram, through Facebook, through email. I mean, everyone is contacting me saying, Oh, I saw you on the news. You're so inspirational. Like help me. Like people are saying like, I don't know what my passion is. I don't know what my purpose is. I'm depressed. Like help me. Or, you know, like this is all I've ever wanted. And now I have an opportunity to help people on a bigger level. And one thing that hurts me the most is childhood obesity. So that's why I want my Ninja Warrior gym. I'm going to be having a program. I'm probably going to make it free because I don't want any excuses. I just want to fight this disease. I want to help people lose weight, get healthy, have fun, and just be happy. Because, to, you know, our time here on Earth is so limited and so short. And when I faced death at 12 years old, having to, you know, not faced it personally, but seeing that anyone could be snatched off this earth like the way my father was, I just realized like we have to live every single day to its absolute fullest. We need to laugh hard. We need to motivate each other. We need to lift each other up. We need to stop doubting people, stop doubting ourselves. And my facility is going to be a zero tolerance for bullying, for gossiping, for negativity. If anyone tries walking into my gym and talking about anyone, it will politely be asked to leave. I will not tolerate any of it. There's enough of that in the world and in social media. It's not going to happen under my roof. So that's my goal right now for being on TV and, and getting as big as I can be. I'm working on a book for, for young entrepreneurs. It's called 72 Lessons Learned by a Young Entrepreneur. I'm, I'm working on a podcast called Believe You Can, trying to get people, you know, because that's the first step in achieving anything is believing that you can achieve it. And I'm, that's why I reached out to you because I'm any way I can get my message out to the world and speak to people and just help people and let them know, like, it's not over yet. You may think it's too late. I don't care if you're 70, 80 years old, it's not over yet, you know? And, and that's why I do this now. I love that. I mean, wow. I'm, I'm pumped just listening to you talk right now. I'm getting excited. <laughs> like I need to go do something and, yeah, um, that's no, so <laughs> I'm a hype man and I'm public speaking. I've been going to schools. I spoke to Brew College. Um, I spoke to the Wheatley School about attacking your potential. I'm speaking at a graduation December 1st. Um, I, as many speaking gigs as I can get, I will take. I'm not charging yet. I'm not there yet. So if anyone listening wants to hire me for free to speak at your school or venue or wherever you are, I will do it. Just pay for my travel and I will show up and get everyone in the room ready to make things happen. Hey, I know somebody who hosts a conference for RV entrepreneurs. Oh, <laughs> hook it up. <laughs> so it w one thing that I, I just keep I just keep thinking about is, you know, you I like in reading some of your history, I know that you like quit gymnastics and then like it. 18, I think you went back into it. You decided you're going to train really hard, go to a D1 school and walk on. And like, that was, you know, a ton of obstacles there. Same with American Ninja Warrior. I think I said the wrong ultimate, I called it ultimate Ninja Warrior this entire podcast. Yeah, didn't I? a little bit, but I did. Yeah. You. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I had something in my teeth this entire podcast and you waited till the I'm end. So think, no, I'm kidding. I'm just messing <laughs> with you. So I guess my question is, you're not deterred by obstacles or setbacks you know like so many people are afraid or or not able to push past like certain obstacles but it seems like with you it's like you literally they hit you you keep moving so like why do you think that is god he made me and uh, he made me before you know he decided who i was going to be before my mom and my dad met and um he gave me the strength and the perseverance so that when I do reach this large scale of having the world's eyes on me so that I can show people, you know, that they could also be a light to other people and they could, they can do whatever they want. Like, that's the only thing I could think of. Like, there's no way 
God blessed me with this ability to just destroy every obstacle that lands in front of me and forge ahead like a bull. If it wasn't meant to be seen and shared and inspired for other people, there's just no way. It's not a secret. It's not meant just for me. Like it's not a coincidence that I'm, you asked me this question right here on this podcast. And however many people are listening, like this is why I am this way, so that whoever's listening can hear this and feel the inspiration. Like there's no other. There's no schooling that I did. You can't. You can't really. 100% teach this type of confidence that I have in everything I do. Like I, I went out into Ninja Warrior thinking I was going to get up the wall without ever doing an obstacle in my life. It's a little unrealistic. And a lot of people like to remind me that like, Oh, maybe you should stop being so sure of yourself. You came out there thinking you were going to beat the whole thing. And then you fell in the first obstacle. I've literally had people tell me that. And yeah, maybe behind closed doors, I'll sit down and, and a couple tears will fall and, and I'll feel sad and, but that won't, it will hurt me, but it won't ever break me or stop me. And even when I stepped up to the stairs to, to, to compete again on my second turn, I thought about those words, stop being so sure of yourself. It's okay to quit. You know, why are you doing this? When are you going to stop doing this? Like I have all these words that, that will live in my head a little bit, but like they kind of float around, but I don't let the plant and grow, uh, but they don't disappear. So I'm not like completely invincible to it. I do have my doubts and my hard days. Like I have so many hard days and I do my best to post my worst moments as well on my social media because I do not use my Instagram as a place to hang my trophies. I do not care about highlighting my accomplishments. That's not my goal. My goal is not to look or sound or be the best. My goal is to inspire people. So they need to see my struggle. They need to see my hurt. They need to see my pain. I've posted videos crying. I mean, that's on my Instagram. You could see it. I'll, <laughs> I will post the worst of times. And so that when I post the best of times, people can like feel it inside of them. Be like, oh my gosh, like I, the other day she was crying. She couldn't move her hands. And now she's on the news and she like, oh my gosh, you know, like that's why I do that. But, but yeah, I mean. God is going to continue to, to give me, allow these struggles to appear in my life because he knows that I'm going to show people what do you do when you fall, when you fail, when you get knocked down, when you get hurt, when you get injured, when you doubt yourself. Like I doubt myself all the time. I really do, but I just don't feed the doubt. I, I, I starve the doubt and I pray. I read my Bible every morning Every night I have a conversation with God throughout the day. I mean, if I didn't have God and my relationship with God, then I would not be here talking to you or maybe even alive. I mean, with the suicide rates right now, I get it. I really do. Like, I hate to say it, but there's so much negativity and hate in the world that it's so easy for people to feel worthless and feel like their life is is not like worth anything. But I'm telling everyone right now that every single life is worth so much because God chose each and every one of us to be here on earth. We didn't, this is a privilege to be here on earth. He made us, he loves us and, and we all have a purpose. And so, you know, I, I love life no matter what comes at me. Yeah. I, I love that. And I mean, you talking about you not posting your, your trophies on Instagram. I think that's something that's so important too, because I think that that can add to the negativity if you don't have that perspective, because you're just looking at everyone else's life and thinking, um, that everybody else has it better. And somebody said something at a conference that I loved and that she was talking about. I, th I think I'm going to chop it up and mess it up, but she said, people respect your successes, but they relate to your struggles. And I think that is so true because, you know, sharing the hard moments of, of you working towards American Ninja Warrior and what you went through is, is going to let people know that it's not all good. And I think one of the biggest fears that people have is they're going to fail at something. And in, in some ways you could say like you failed to be the best on American Ninja Warrior the past couple of years. But, you know, if that was the worst thing that happened, look at all the like so much more good has come from that opportunity than bad. So it's a lot of times like what people are most afraid of, even if it happens, like there's more good that comes from it than bad. 
A hundred percent. And I saw someone posted something the other day, like, we need to stop comparing our like worst days to everyone's best days. Cause that's what most people are posting, like the best things that ever happen. And like, and then we're all sitting here like feeling terrible and you just can't do that. And I, let me tell you, I follow like all the Ninja Warriors and you know what it's like to watch these people do the things they do. I'm like, man, why do I even try? Like they're hanging from one finger, like walking across a cliffhanger and like, I know that I am not as strong as these ninja warriors, but if I let that stop me from trying, then that's a big problem. So, but I do find myself when I watch too much of it, I do start to doubt myself more like, oh my gosh, this girl just did like 5,000 pull-ups and now she's walking on her hands, doing a backflip, muscle up, eating pizza. Like how the heck, I, why do I even try? Let me just let her have it. You know what I mean? Like if you watch everyone's progress, who they're like, everyone is on their own journey. So like they may be 20 steps ahead of me. I can't compare myself to that person's journey, you know? And if I look back two years ago at my journey, I didn't even walk into a Ninja Warrior gym. Now I'm trying to build one. So it's like you can't let other people's progress stop you from making progress. Amen, sister. That. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Christina, where is a good place for people to connect with you? I really love Instagram as much as, you know, people say it's, it's so bad. I use it for good. I pump people up. I like to comment great things. You can message me on that. You can email me through my contact form on my website at christinagambino.com. I have a Facebook page that you can message me on and like just all of it. I do my best. <laughs> I never left anyone hanging yet. But then again, I'm not. I don't have that status yet. I don't have that many people contacting me where like, I don't have time to answer everyone. You know, uh, hopefully I'll never leave anyone out. And if I, if I ever do get, or I guess I should say when I get big enough where there's not enough time in the day to answer everyone, I will have a team of amazing people answering everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Instagram, Facebook, ChristinaGambino.com. You know, apparently Skype. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where we're at right now. Well, thank you so much, Christina, for coming on and sharing your story and uh, excited to to watch your journey and what happens next. Thank you so much for having me. And, and one last thing for anyone who wants to be an entrepreneur or own an RV, you know, there, there are their ups and downs to everything. But if this is truly what you feel like you want for your life, just go for it. And there's no excuses because... If you don't have the money or you don't have the job, like you'll figure it out if it's what you want. So figure it out and have some fun, would you? Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into that episode with Christina. As always, I would love to hear from you guys in iTunes. If you leave a review, that's how people find the show and I read all of them. They make a big difference and I'm just really grateful if you've left one. As always, thank you all for listening and I'll see you all next time on the RV Entrepreneur Podcast.